Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? You are listening to The Big Cruise Podcast. Well, hello and welcome to episode 73 of The Big Cruise Podcast. Hello and welcome to all, whether you're a new listener or a regular listener, thank you very, very much for tuning in. My name is Baz, I'm your host, and uh, this episode will be shortly joined by Chris Frame, as always, uh, to bring in his maritime history, uh, answering a listener question, and uh, cruise news. But before we do that, a couple of shout-outs. First of all, to Gary, who very generously purchased or donated 10 coffees via the Buy Me A Coffee Network. That helps keep the, uh, the podcast on air, so thank you very, very much to Gary there. And also a little shout out to Gazstaff, who uh, gave us a, a nice review on Apple Podcasts. So uh, Aussie Flavor Cruise News was the title of the review, and it says presenters Baz and Chris give a mixture of news, maritime history, listener questions, and guest presenters on all things cruising. Great little smiley face and a little a little chip emoji. Thank you, Gazstaff, and thank you, Gary. Uh, really appreciate not only the donation, but also the reviews. If you're not in a position to donate, simply leave a review or even Send a referral to a friend and say, I think you might like this podcast. It would be greatly appreciated. Uh, a little mention as well, if you have got any listener questions, then do contact us via the website. TheBigCruisePodcast.com is the website. And uh, join the show in the top right-hand corner is how you get in touch. But let's get the show on the road and uh, let's invite Chris to join the podcast. Enjoy. That time of week where we welcome back our good friend and maritime historian, all things cruise news, Chris Frame. Welcome back. Hey, Bez. Another week. Great to be back. Another week. Another crazy, crazy week in the world of cruise news. 2021 is just flying past. <laughs> it felt like 2020 was like five years long, and then 2021 seems to have been half of that. <laughs> yeah, no, it is. It's insane. Um, and we've got quite a bit to get through today. But first of all, we've got a list of question that you received, um, which kind of framed out this week's maritime history. It came from Craig in New Jersey, and he was talking about the fact that um, he travels a lot, um, both via air and by ship, uh, but he finds flying by air a bit of a drag, and he wonders, mm. you know, when, when the airlines first kind of, when jets, the jet era came in and 
people swayed more towards the the airlines. After a while, did they not get bored and want to swing back and uh, go back to the traditional uh, crossings, I guess, of, of yesteryear? Obviously, we haven't seen that happen, but he, he ha- wonders if we have any thoughts on that. Yeah, actually, it's, it's interesting because I've been, obviously, the last few weeks we've been talking about um, the changes, the differences between the ocean liners and the cruise ships and mm-hmm. um, what what happened to sort of create the development of cruising the way it is today. And, and this week, I've actually been doing... Um, putting together a video about why why the jet airplane um destroyed the the ocean liner but actually built the cruise industry helped build Mm -hmm. the cruise industry so it's a pretty good time timing this question Mm. um basically the the big difference you've got to make because craig does mention that he flies a lot but he also likes cruising and when we're talking about aircraft eclipsing liners for line voyages we're not talking about ships that were doing the pleasure cruise holidays like mm-hmm. what we experienced before the pandemic um we're talking about it as the way that you get from point to point um for a variety of different reasons so um you know so a lot of people do make that comment uh, when they're on world cruises and and traveling around the world on, on cruise ships uh, that they prefer being on ships than, than flying I know in certain ports, particularly in the United States and in um, in the United Kingdom, uh, people would take a cruise holiday because it saves them the, the need to have to go on long-distance flights. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so that's a, f- a very fair point. But when you think about the, the, the ocean liners doing the line voyages, uh, they were operating with you to, to relocate in some some cases mm-hmm. um they were operating for people to to go on on holidays which you know you could you could argue was a nice way to get from from one continent to another with that time at sea but they were also taking all of the business travelers uh in the era before jet aircraft um actually uh the piston driven airplanes like the constellation and the dc6 they were also were quite popular with with travelers as well so it's not just mm-hmm. the jets but mm-hmm. the the ocean liners were, were full of uh people who were traveling for for business and for commerce and and that sort of thing and, and you know you, when you look at it that's five five six days um out of your out of your schedule mm-hmm. to to be making that that transit similarly with holidays you know in in our part of the world we're very lucky we most people um who are on a full-time employment are able to get four weeks of annual leave which mm-hmm. is enough time to to take a potentially a line voyage but um, in some parts in some parts of the world that that annual leave um base is, is less it's maybe two weeks a year and so if you have to spend five days getting from one place to another and then five days getting back you've got very little amount of time to actually have your your holiday yeah. or your, your break and see family and friends and this is particularly noticeable at christmas time for example um when people had to when we were traveling transatlantic to to visit family who'd, who'd um, immigrated maybe to canada or the united states uh and so it was really this this sort of opening of the floodgates i suppose because when when the uh jet airplane particularly came in and, and it became so quick i mean you're talking about <clears throat> you know seven hours versus seven days six days depending on which ship you were on i mean of course we talk about the fast ones the ones that get across in five days was like yeah. queen mary the united states queen elizabeth but most of them weren't that that fast you know they were they were slower than that so it was a, it was a long investment in terms of time uh, baz and the 
the ability to do it in such a quick amount of time really changed the way people saw the world and you started to be able to to travel uh, early on particularly if you had means i mean when the 707 first came in it wasn't all the passengers that moved across it immediately it was the people who had money to pay for air tickets because it was still quite expensive to fly but you know over the next uh, decade and when the 747 came in and the ticket prices also went down you know now people from from all walks of life could get across the Atlantic or around the world in a matter of hours. Um, And that just was too tempting, I guess, and and, and such a strong proposition that the idea of spending all that time on a ship uh, was less and less appealing. And, you know, it was a collapse of shipping, but it wasn't an overnight collapse. So it, it was a gradual process where hundreds and hundreds of ships were kind of drawn down and drawn down. So I guess at any one particular time, you could have had enough passengers to fill a ship or a number of ships, but because there was, there were so many, they, they all kind of appeared to be sort of, sort of empty. Yeah. Out of the um, ashes of that um, sort of uh, competition between the jet and the, and the ships, the, the idea of a, of a floating resort came, came to be and the early cruise ships purpose-built cruise ships as well as the the combination liners the the the, um dual purpose liners which could Mm -hmm. do both line voyages and cruises they started to be developed and that's what sort of led to the to the growth of cruising as a as a holiday so now you've got ships going from port to port to port and it's not about getting to a place it's about seeing all of the different destinations together but you're not trying to like get to new york and you're spending five days doing that yeah, you know yeah, sure. um so you can funnily enough obviously now for some people but for everybody prior to the pandemic you could fly from um i don't know paris to to um, miami board a cruise ship do the um caribbean and then fly back home in the, in the time it would have taken you probably to have done um <laughs> In some cases, maybe even just the one direct crossing because some of those Miami voyages are three days and, and air, air travel was um, so affordable uh, in many cases with low-cost carriers and that sort of thing uh, going across the Atlantic. So um, it really was one of those situations where like, I think people just sort of preferred in large groups to, to have that, that flying experience. Um, and you also have to remember that economy class then wasn't the same as economy class now. So they still had padded, you know, recliner seats in economy on the, um, or coach class in, on the um, 707s. Um, I, I hear stories of people talking about their first flights and they were in, you know, at the back, but they still used to bring around a big trolley that had food on it and they'd hand cut the meat. And that. So yeah. it was a bit more of a premium experience on those early jets, which was able to lure away those people who were traveling for business and for, you know, maybe even in a first class who just wanted to get to their, their accommodation in New York, you know, going, the Ritz is waiting. <laughs> um, we, we, uh, and, and, um, and I guess the other thing is that um, a lot of people who, who found, particularly in winter, the, the tedious long winter crossing when it was rough and the ship was rolling around and stuff, um, they, they probably preferred just to get across the weather with the, with the plane. Yeah, fair enough. No, that's great. It's a great answer, Chris, and a great question from, from Craig there. Perfect. Um, we do also have another question which we're not going to answer today just because we have short on time and I do 
apologize to Gary who sent it through last week and we we didn't have time to actually record it last week. This week we've got most of the answers waiting on one tiny little detail, um, but uh, Gary, we hope to have that to you in the uh, the next episode. If yourself you have got a question, send it through via the website, thebigcruisepodcast.com. In the top right-hand corner, join the show. And uh, we keep receiving many, many questions, which is great. Um, Chris, we're going to take a quick break and then we'll come back with great news from around the world. All right, see you on board. So, Chris, we've got uh, a lot of news to get through this week. The the first one, there's a, a trifecta of news that really pertains to uh, to the Australian mm. listeners, where we've heard from both uh, Princess Piano and Carnival, all extending their pause through to mid-January. Yes, yeah. I mean, that's, again, I think from anybody who's who's living here in, in Australia at the moment, um, and, and even in New Zealand, it's, it's no surprise, um, really, because... There's, there's obviously for the international listeners, there's a, a fairly sizable um, uh, COVID situation in New South Wales and Victoria, and there's lockdowns still in place, and the Australian border restrictions are still in place, and all that sort of thing. So, um, I don't think it's um, sort of knocked any of us off our off our seats, but yes, it's a, a full, sort of a formal confirmation. But you know, the 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 uh, positive side of that, of course, is that um, 2022 still has bad potential, I guess, depending on how things go mm. here. Uh, and so we all just kind of got our fingers crossed that uh, the vaccination rates just keep getting taken up and that they can start opening up again. Yeah, I mean, Princess are traditionally here up until at least April with their international ships and historically always had a local presence year-round, as do P&O and Carnival. So um, things will have to change at some point. It just means that it's no longer December. It's been extended through to January. Will it be extended again? We'll yet to find out. But uh, let's keep everything crossed that things settle down over on the East Coast and we can... Uh, get back to some form of normal, which the rest of the world seems to be doing very, very quickly. Also some great news this week. Uh, Celebrity announced that Celebrity Edge will be heading down under. Yes, very excited about this. Um, To have um, one of the, you know, premier ships from Celebrity coming to the... uh this part of the world is very exciting for all of us here. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so she'll be making her first visit to both New Zealand and Australia in the 2023-24 season. So it's a little while off yet, but um, still something definitely to put up on the uh, on the wish list. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and Edge, of course, is uh, is, is the second um, newest ship, uh, and it's the it was the sort of class leader of the Edge class. Um, and she'll be doing six to thirteen night cruises so a bit of a an option there to do like a week or, or just shy of two weeks mm-hmm. um and they'll be going across uh into the south pacific as well so some of those south pacific ports will also be able to to check out the edge um celebrities actually announced a number of uh sort of like australian themed itineraries as well baz yeah it's all um right. yeah and i think you know there's some interesting ones here um with uh, the ship going to places like Kangaroo Island, for example, which is, you know, was getting more and more popular on the cruising um, rounds before the before the shutdown, um, and they also have some um, some sort of themed itineraries as well, uh, food and wine, um, and uh, sun and sun and beach escapes. So, yeah. sort of focusing on the things that Australia is famous for. Exactly. No, it is fantastic news. There's a lot of information in that. And of course, you can refer to the show notes too to get all of the latest information. Edge's itineraries do go on sale down here from the 15th of October. And any good travel agent worth their salt will have all of those uh, itineraries available for you to to get availability and prices on. Yeah, and she's not the first um, celebrity ship that's due to come back to Australia, though. 
No, no, there will be, of course, Eclipse coming back uh, the previous season. So we'll mm. have Eclipse before we have Edge. Um, Eclipse, of course, being one of the sisters to Solstice, which has been down yep. here for many, many years. And I believe she's also had a bit of a makeover, so she'll be looking oh, She's looking very smart in her new hull. Yes. <laughs> they painted um, the celebrity ships are now, are now getting the, 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 the navy blue hull that matches the, the styling of, um, of, Edge, of um, Edge and Apex. Yeah. So they're looking um, very, very smart. I think we've mentioned before, Hull Art seems to be the, the, the latest thing uh, uh, through the pandemic. Everybody yeah. seems to be getting there. Uh, Although with Celebrity, they've taken a slightly more sort of, um, I guess, conservative approach, which is nice, is that it's just painted in like a, it's not a very deep blue, but it's, it's, a, it's a distinctive blue. And they've kind of, on, on the edge and um, apex, they've got the, the orange trim that they've used. Oh, yeah. um, and I think also the big thing with Celebrity is a focus on that very impressive um, stylized uh, logo on the funnel, the big X, mm-hmm. which yeah. um, links back to their heritage as, as Chandra's line. Yeah, no, exactly. Let's uh, let's keep with the the Royal Caribbean family, of course. Uh, Wonder of the Seas is uh, setting its course for the USA market and also for Europe. Yes, yeah, so she's the largest cruise ship in the world. She's the newest in the Oasis class, um, and yes, yeah, she will be starting off her career next year in Fort Lauderdale, doing cruises in the Caribbean from March. Mm. And then a couple of months later, we'll, we'll sail over to um, to Europe and she'll be based out of Rome to do a series of, of trips in, in May from 2022. Um, she's huge, 127,000 <laughs> ton, uh, 227,000 tons, sorry, I should say, I think so. Um, you know, by far, this is the largest class of, of cruise ship. There's nothing else that comes quite so, you know, impressive in terms of its, its dimensions and specifications. Uh, and it has, you know, the usual things that you would find on board the Oasis ships, because there's quite a few of them now, um, including the Central Park, which is that central part of the ship that mm-hmm. has balconies looking in, inwards and there's trees and gardens and all sorts of other things in there. Um, but they also have uh, a few little... Um, New adventures, I think yeah. New it, adventures, yeah. I guess, is a great thing to do. And one that caught my eye um, is the new, a new sort of because they have neighborhoods on board. The ship's yeah. so big. <laughs> um, they've got the Sweet Class neighborhood, which is the eighth of the different neighborhoods, and it's new to this ship. So the other Oasis ships don't have it. Um, and it has um, a Royal Suite class on board as well. Um, mm. So there's a a whole heap of different amenities for them with plunge pools and a bar and um, places to sort of chill out. Um, it sounds really nice. And it even has a private restaurant um, as well for them. I mean, the ship's so big that she could probably have all these sorts of things quite easily. But, uh, you know, just to have have gone to that little bit of extra effort to make this one a little bit different and, and stand out from the, from the sisters is, is quite nice. Yeah, new adventures and favourites gone bolder is the way that they're referring to it. Is there, is there anything on that list there that, that, that caught your eye? Um, I like some of the uh, some of the favourites. Um, I just uh, what was I reading about lime and coconuts um, this, with the Caribbean vibe sounds quite appealing around the pool area. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they've, they've kind of revamped or enhanced the uh, the aft. Um, I, I guess what, I can't can't think of the words to describe it. But it's where they do the the water um, diving demonstrations. And yeah, aquatheater. Like aqua it, yeah, it's, a, it's got a raised platform and there's a pool in front, and they can jump off from high distances, and it's quite amazing, really. To, yeah, to see. Yeah. So she'll be sailing from Barcelona in the Med, which means that um, she might get put on my list to try and experience her as well. Who knows? Oh yes, I've I've never yet stepped foot on an Oasis class, and it's definitely on my list. My list is getting quite long, Barry. <laughs> Just keep putting it out into the universe; it'll come back at some point. <laughs> 
Uh, next, we've got some news from Norwegian. Um, they are announcing that Norwegian Epic and Norwegian Getaway are returning to service in the Med. Yes, yes, that's pretty exciting too. I mean, um, these two ships uh, uh, were around and, and sailing before the shutdown, so it's, it's great to see them coming back in. Very popular ships with the NCL cruisers. Um, Epic is going to be the fourth ship to go back into service for NCL's um, primary fleet there, um, and she's just successfully completed her um, first sailing. Uh, so she'll be, or she has rather, um, taken imports in Spain and Italy. Um, and it was a seven day cruise. So mm-hmm. now back in service, things are back to um, back to normal for, for Epic. Um, obviously with those, the little star, the little asterisks there, because of course there's still those restrictions in terms of guest numbers and social distancing and all that sort of stuff that they're, that they're dealing with. Um, at the same time, uh, Getaway's also departed on her first voyage. Um, she left from Rome, and she's sailing on, on, a, um, on a long trip, actually, uh, through to the 25th of October. Um, so she's doing um, voyages there through the Greek Isles and then also calling in in Dubrovnik and other places in, um, in Croatia um, and, and some ports in Italy as well, including Naples and Livorno. So, um <laughs> Gosh, it sounds nice, doesn't it? <laughs> and if anybody is on board and is listening to the podcast, we'd love to hear what the NCL experience is like. Yeah, I think that the thing that I noticed on that one, Epic in particular, um, previously, prior to pandemic, used to do a double embark, both in Barcelona and Rome. And it looks like, obviously, for for various reasons, they're only embarking in Barcelona, which I actually think will probably improve the experience. Mm. Um, just that double embark just seemed to make you know the ship a, bit, a little bit more chaotic, I thought, that it necessarily needed to be but uh, yeah. it's just from my personal experience and, and I, I actually might have um uh confused our, our listeners a bit because the, the getaways voyage is she's on her first voyage now but she's going to be doing those voyages through to the 25th of october um and they're 10 to 11 day trips so it's it's not she's not actually on a one month long voyage there's a series of voyages within that so oh, is that what um, you said I didn't, I didn't even, yeah yeah that, i, I think i did if i did okay. i apologize um <laughs> yeah i'm getting myself excited here thinking a month on a cruise ship isn't that wonderful um <laughs> but you know for any of the international listeners obviously she's on her first of those trips now but i'm sure there's some opportunities to get on board to some of those other ones if you're interested also some great news for norwegian prima she breaks boundaries well norwegian prima is another ship that's on my list and there's a um, uh, a, an experience here that, that, that perhaps won't be on my list. <laughs> oh, right, it's okay. the, the drop. It's the world's um, first free for dry slide. Um, it's a 10 story plunge. I don't know if, um, <laughs> if, if I would be putting my hand up for that, but maybe it sounds, it sounds interesting. Um, it reaches the highest G forces of any cruise line, apparently. Wow. Um, and it, um, it's more than an F1 race car. So if anyone <laughs> would like to be first in line to do that, let us know because it'll be interesting to. To, uh, to hear and I'd be more than happy to take some some film of you going there for the v- yeah. YouTube videos on <laughs> the outside. She's, she's also bringing back the the Speedway, so Prima Speedway yep. is bigger and better than any previous Speedway that's being on any of the other Norwegian ships. But yep, there is sure. so much. There's the list goes on and on and on with the ship. It's they've it's got insane. a Galaxy Pavilion on board, and yep. um, there's like a series of different attractions, and they've actually got escape rooms. Which uh, I don't know if you've done one, but they're really fun things to do on land. Uh, mm-hmm. But these ones are using virtual reality as well. So oh wow! Sounds of things. Um, a hyper immersive simulator experience. So, yeah, it's other um, things that uh, jumped out for me. Uh, tea time, which is, uh, I guess, 
the the latest craze in mini golf, where mini golf has taken to the the, the next Vegas style extreme. Um, Norwegian's always known for its entertainment, and the exclusive entertainment on this one will be Summer, the Donna Summer musical, which I'm sure mm. will be uh, an incredible 75 minutes uh, production. And in fact, apparently the the, the theatre converts from midway through the show from being a, a traditional theatre to a full on disco as they embrace the the disco era of Donna Summer. Goodness me. Sounds great. <laughs> now, uh, we've got some other news in from uh, Crystal. They've announced their world cruise for 2024. Yes, that's right. 49 point, uh, points. <laughs> 49 <laughs> ports uh, across 22 countries. They'll be doing 105 nights for this particular voyage, and it will include 14 uh, nights where they stay overnight in the port, um, which, of course, is something that people love to do so they can go and experience the city at night. Um, and, yes, this is for 2024. And it'll be on board the Crystal Serenity. Yeah. And lots of sexes as well. So if, uh, if a full world cruise is not your thing and you prefer to just uh, do a little sample, uh, one of the little sectors that jumps out to me is the Sands of Time, which is an 18-night uh, journey uh, with calls in Aqaba for Jordan, uh, Wadi Rum, Elat um, in Israel. Uh, the list goes on and on. Mm. But yeah, lots of different sectors that people can choose from if they want to. The Panama Passage calls is calling me. It just has been. I, mean, I went through the Panama Canal as a as a child on board the QE2, and mm-hmm. uh, it's something I'd really like to do again. And this particular one sounds great. So fabulous. Next news up is uh, from our good friends at Hurti Ruten, and uh, they've uh, named their latest ship in Svalbard. Yes, what is it called, Baz? I think it's called Fridjof Nansen. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> in my best Norwegian. <laughs> Yeah, that's 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 how I would pronounce it too. But if we have any Norwegian listeners who would like to correct us, please, we apologize. please do um, <laughs> let us know. Um, she's been um, named at the northernmost naming ceremony for any passenger ship. It took place um, at the latitude of 78 degrees north uh, there in Norway. And uh, she... Um, she's their latest, uh, their latest vessel, as, as you would imagine. Um, and in fact... When they christened her, they didn't use a bottle of champagne, but they yeah, actually used this. a chunk of ice, <laughs> um, which I think uh, sort of represented both that how far north and how cold it was, but also pays sort of homage to the ship's environmental uh, credentials as well. Yeah, no, it's um, incredible. In fact, I'm actually uh, in talks with uh, somebody, an Australian, a West Australian that actually lives in Svalbard and trying to encourage her to come on the, the podcast to tell us about not only what you can do if you're visiting via cruise ship, but just what life is like in Svalbard. So uh, we hope to bring that great. to you in the not-too-distant future. Um, going back to cruise, though, MSC Bellissima will extend her deployment in Saudi Arabia. Yes, yeah, so Saudi Arabia is actually uh, getting some more like cruise ship traffic um, coming online. I think this is another sort of expansion um, of cruising in that region with it already being quite popular in, in other countries such as um, the UAE. Um, and so she will be doing a, a series of uh, voyages. She sails um, from Jeddah um, and she's replacing the Magnifica, which was originally scheduled to, to service the, um, the area throughout, mm. um, throughout that season. Um, and MSC, yeah, so they, they are obviously a very large cruise line now and are, are spreading their their presence across the world so we're starting to see them offering cruises in in, in areas that they weren't uh, generally known for so that's great news for people who want to try out that particular brand 
Yeah, and it's obviously been popular because they wouldn't have extended it if it hadn't uh, been so. Um, moving into Regent next, they have announced... In fact, this is old news. I missed it a couple of weeks ago, but I did bring it in just because I thought it was important we mentioned it. Regent 7 Cruises has also returned to sailing. They did so back on the 11th of September. Yes, so with Seven Seas Splendor. And she sailed from Southampton. Um, and, of course, they've, still, they've also got their um, health and safety program, Sail Safe on Board, which... Uh, uh, requires a hundred percent vaccination for guests and crew, so make sure that everything's nice and safe on board. <laughs> now uh, we predicted this a couple of weeks ago when we talked about Oceania's uh, latest ship going on sale. Mm. Um, yet another record, I believe. Yes, yes, and, and they're very excited. There, I've sent them my congratulations because it was such a um, remarkable um, thing. But they've actually um, set another record, and this time they have surpassed their previous record by 60% in terms of <laughs> how quickly the, the voyage um, sold. So again, just another indicator uh, as to how popular cruising is. Another interesting one with that, some of the facts and stats kind of within it mentioned, and I, I guess for people that have been hearing, you know, the pause of cruising continually getting extended and future cruise credits extended, you would think when a new exciting product comes out that, People will be using those future cruise credits to, to to book this new magnificent ship. But in fact, very, very few future cruise credits were used. It was actually fresh new bookings using you know, a new payment. Um, so that's really, really encouraging to show that um, either new to cruise people are coming and f- finding these new ships that they want to try, or that people have already committed those future cruise credits to something else. And this is just a, their next new cruise that they're thinking of. Yeah, I mean, I, I did a, um, a talk just recently at uh, a land-based talk and quite a few people in the audience were saying that they've got three four cruises booked um wow and they're using up their cruise credits and then and they're making new bookings too so i even in places where cruising hasn't yet resumed there's there's demand for it to to come back brilliant love it and our last news of the week uh, this time comes from the uk with saga announcing their brand new river ship spirit of the rhine departing on her inaugural cruise Yes, yeah, so she's one of their, their latest um, river cruise ships. Um, she's on her on her way now um, into service, and there's all sorts of different um, sort of. It's a very different experience on board the, on the on the river cruise ship. So she has a uh, max capacity of 190 people. There's 40 officers and crew um, across 95 cabins, and the ship's four decks high. So it's very different scale to the ocean ships that um, Saga is known for. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so she she's doing those particular voyages with a with a focus on um, the the local regions throughout the Rhine, um, and will be um, sort of giving guests and travellers on board the opportunity to take in sort of some of the local uh, attractions, such as uh, the vineyards in the area, which is what they're kind of theming these initial voyages around. Love it. Um, so much news this week, as always, and uh, always great to get a quick update from you, Chris. I know you're heading off on a little family break this week, but uh, is there a video uh, on the horizon for the weekend? Yes, there is. It's actually um, Ocean Liner versus Airliner. Love it. So it's a, it's a look at, at what happened, why, why the Ocean Liner lost to the Airliner, and then why the Airliner helped build the cruise industry. So you know, so we we'll tease you with cruise. the answer today, but get all of the full lowdown yes. in your YouTube video. Yeah, I was just thinking, just thank you very much, um, Craig, <laughs> for for having such an, a great, uh, like, good, uh, what, do they, what do they say, bright minds think alike? <laughs> <laughs> and of course, the link to your YouTube channel is in the show notes every week, uh, but either way, just jump online, search Chris Frame YouTube, and uh, you'll equally get there just as quick. Thanks Chris, so always a pleasure, mate. Uh, we uh, will look forward to speaking to you next time. Take care, everyone. 
it's me again. Just a quick reminder. Um, if you want to help keep this podcast on air, there's a little way that you can do it. If you're familiar with Patreon, which other podcasters and YouTubers use, that's a way of uh, sending a little donation uh, through to them. We use something similar, but we use a system called Buy Me a Coffee. Um, just like uh, buying your friends a, a coffee in the coffee shop. Very, very similar, although you're not physically buying me a coffee, you're making a small donation. And every donation is greatly appreciated because it really does help to uh, to keep us on air. And the benefit is, once you have made that donation, um, you are then receive priority access to the podcast because all of our supporters do receive the uh, the link to the podcast the moment that it is made live and uh, it can take about 12 to 24 hours for itunes and the other podcast directories to to pick it up so if you would like uh, that priority access then the easiest way to do so is to support us by buy me a coffee you can buy one coffee you can buy two coffees you can buy 10 coffees or you can buy a whole year supply it's entirely up to you but every single uh, little donation through buy me a coffee is greatly appreciated the links of how to do so you'll find in the show notes of each and every episode. Thanks in advance. And now it's time for my itinerary of the week, a new segment where we basically introduce an itinerary that stood out as we were browsing through the various cruise websites. Or maybe sometimes you want to recommend one. By all means, send us uh, an itinerary that you've seen if you want us to include it in this segment. This week's itinerary comes from Holland America Line. And once again, these, this segment isn't sponsored by any cruise line. They're not paying to have these cruises featured. It's just things that we spot um, out there. So this one uh, this week is from Holland America Line. As I said, it's on board the beautiful Nordam, one of the Vista-class ships. And this is an Australian circumnavigation. So this is November the 12th, 2022. So we're more than a year away. It's a long one, it's 35 nights, so it uh, may not appeal to everybody, but there are sectors that you can do if you can't do the full voyage. Now the full 39, sorry, the full 35 night voyage sees you departing in Sydney on the 12th of November, 2022, and heading in an anti-clockwise direction around Australia. So you're heading from Sydney up the Queensland coast into Airlie Beach, Townsville and on through the Great Barrier Reef. You then head up through the Torres Strait and into Darwin for the Northern Territory. You then have a couple of stops in Indonesia, one at Dili and one at Komodo Island before heading down into Western Australia where your first stop is Broome which is the gateway to the Kimberley. Uh, you're then heading on to Exmouth which is the uh, entrance point for Ningaloo Reef which is actually um, far more diverse than the Great Barrier Reef but there's a lot less unknown so if you are into reefs and underwater wildlife then Exmouth is definitely a highlight for you there. Geraldton is the gateway to the Abrolhos Islands again a relatively unheard of area of the West Australian coast an abundance of different wildlife and also shipwrecks uh, that you can learn more about then heading into Fremantle Western Australia um, of course the gateway uh, port into uh, Perth then heading uh, around the southwest coast into Albany, which was made famous as the departure point for the Anzacs uh, supporting the war effort all those years ago. Heading across the South Australian Bight then and heading into Port Lincoln, Adelaide uh, and Kangaroo Island in South Australia. Uh, before heading into Melbourne in Victoria, heading down into Tasmania, we've got two stops there in Burnie and Hobart before heading back up into Sydney. Now, as I said, it's 35 nights in total, which is quite a long voyage, but it does tick off pretty much every box that you need to see and do around Australia. Now, if you can't partake in that, there is a, small, a shorter sector. You can do Sydney across to Fremantle, so that's across the top end of Australia. Or my favourite is actually across the bottom, which is a 14-night cruise departing out of Fremantle on the 3rd of December. And uh, both of those cruises finish up 
back in Sydney in the 17th of December, just in time for the Christmas holidays, of course. Now, the links to all of these are in the show notes, and uh, if you are interested in more information about these particular cruises, I highly recommend you look for a CLIA, C-L-I-A, accredited cruise specialist in your local area, because they will be the people that can uh, help uh, put the flights and the accommodation and the extra things that go with this to make sure your holiday is as seamless as it possibly can be. That's all for today. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Until next time, bon voyage. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well. Hello Fresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.